Thank you for listening to this podcast from Renew San Diego, a church for the good of all our neighbors in North Park, San Diego. If you're ever in the area on Sunday mornings, we'd love to welcome you. More information at renewsandiego.org. Share with a friend. See you soon. It's a lovely privilege to be with you this morning. Uh, I'm not sure, as uh, Pastor Matt and I talked, that I'd need a microphone ordinarily, but I understand this is being recorded. And so with that in mind, greetings to all of you who may uh, hear our notes and our uh, movement through God's Word today, wherever you may be. It is just a delight to be here, and I want to uh, return also, thank you, uh, return also uh, the compliments to Pastor Matt. I've enjoyed him since USD days. And it's amazing how along the way the Lord just renews and refuels. This is a great name for a church, to renew. Uh, there is a passage in Scripture that says, Renew unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with your free spirit, and then I'll teach. Those who are kind of randomly out there, I'll teach them your ways. And then people's lives will be changed. But the beginning is renew to me the joy of your salvation. And let me go there just for a moment. We have notes in front of us, pages 11 and 12, if you'd like to open there. Uh, but a simple word, renew to me the joy of your salvation. Joy is different than happiness, isn't it? Uh, and one way to describe that for me would be that happiness is about circumstances. Happiness is about whether the Padres ever decide to win. <laughs> Happiness to me is if I can, you know, go through a season and avoid uh, flu symptoms or other kinds of things. Uh, happiness is based on uh, whether uh, my grandkids uh, come and they give me a hug around the leg or because they range from ages 5 to 17, a hug around the neck. One of them is 6'3". I don't know where he got that. Look at me, right? But ha there's happiness is based often on circumstances. And so it's a, basically it consumes them like fuel. And once those circumstances of that moment are consumed, then we're ready for more fuel, for more circumstances. Uh, but joy's deeper. Joy is not based on circumstances, may I suggest. It's based on certainties. It's based on the fact that we have a deep foundation in life. It's based on the fact that we can come back to the Lord and we can build a life out of that, beginning with not much or beginning with what we think is a whole lot, but we just bring it to him and we build. And there's a joy there that no one can take from us. No one can take from us. It says uh, in Hebrews, uh, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He never liked the shame, says he despised the shame, but now he is seated at the right hand of the Heavenly Father. Let's consider him who endured such... Can I do some Greek here? Antilogion. Literally, it means consider the one who endured such backtalk and sass from people. Because that's what Jesus got, a bunch of static. Jesus came with nothing but a, a warm heart and a powerful hand, but Jesus got a bunch of stuff from people. Consider him who endured that kind of stuff so that you don't wear out, so you don't pass out. So you are strengthened in your heart and mind. Consider the joy. So with that, we sing joy to the world. With that, we say restore, Lord, the joy. I hope this morning is part of that. It already is for me. 
uh, being here with Pastor Matt. Amen? Are you, are you cat? Are you cat? I, how wonderful. That's great. I thought I heard your name come out. We didn't get a chance to. Oh. I learned something every day. Amen. All right. Let's stay uh, attuned to one another, and already there is a joy for me just in being here. I just thank the Lord for this. Now, in your worship folder, what you'll find is some notes. I'm going to put on my grandpa glasses up here because the light is good for mood, but bad for me reading my own notes. All right? So with that, I want to do something this morning, suggest a way that bridges us from tomorrow, today and tomorrow, which is Veterans Day. And just after that, in the public celebration, there is Thanksgiving. And then in the midst of all that, as has been announced, there is Advent. And that word Adventus, another old Latin word, means the coming. Coming attractions, right? Uh, and we're looking forward to celebrating the goodness of our Lord in a special way, in the goodness of our Lord. Tomorrow's Veterans Day. Follow with me, will you please, in your worship folder. Uh, if you don't have one, go grab one if you'd like. Uh, tomorrow's Veterans Day, honoring those who put themselves in harm's way to defend neighbor and freedom. So on Friday, I was at San Diego State. They invited me to come over. Some of you may know that San Diego State is one of just a few universities in this country that has a veterans memorial that has a large, beautiful uh, structure there, an obelisk, they call it, a pillar, if you would. And it's got the names of people who went to San Diego State, Aztecs. You know, I'm a state graduate, uh, right? And um, it's got the names of people who went to San Diego State and then lost their lives in defense of the country. So I was able to share over there at that an offered invocation prayer and you can bet that we were both hospitable in welcoming people of all different convictions, including recognizing those of the Kumeyaay Nation uh, here in this area with deep roots in this community. But also, uh, Jesus was mentioned indeed. Greater love has no one than this, that they lay down their lives for their friends. And that may be a physical death, or it may mean along the way we lay down our privileges we lay down our opinion a little bit. We lay down, we release these kinds of shiny things, as uh, people call them, in the interests of serving and of loving one another. So to be at that monument, it was about veterans, but part of what was shared was that when we talk about veterans, the old Latin word, there it is, vetus, what does it mean? It basically means experienced. It means seasoned. It means mature. Does that apply to those who served in this country's military? Does it apply especially to those who've offered their lives, put their lives in harm's way? Absolutely. It doesn't diminish the gratitude that we have for these dear people. My dad served in the 6th Army in, uh, in World War II. I brought with me also for Veterans Day. I hope this is all right. Uh, I don't know what this looks like to you, but it's basically a handkerchief. This belonged to my great-grandfather. He fought at the Battle of Gettysburg. Sam Rand, first Minnesota sharpshooters. He gave this handkerchief to my grandma, who was born in 1879. She's the only grandparent I ever knew. And she gave it to me. 
So now, 150 years later, on this Veterans Day, I say, thank you, great-grandpa, Lord, because he knew the Lord. That's what heaven's about, huh? There's a reunion coming. Lord, thank you. Let my great-grandpa Sam know I'm grateful that he fought at Gettysburg and he fought to set people free. And he fought for a lot of very good reasons. And without him, not me. Right? You ever thought about that? It ain't him. I'm not going to be here. So the handkerchief. You can bet I'm not going to blow my nose on this, right? All right? Veterans Day. Vedus, however, at the root means old and experienced, and it means seasoned. And let me make a simple statement this morning. All of us in this room, by that definition, are veterans, aren't we? We're veterans of life. We've been through a lot of campaigns. We've been through several seasons. Uh, we've gone from AM to FM and back again, right? And in all those seasons, we have become veterans. We have stories to share. We have uh, prayers to offer in empathy, sympathy with one another. We can identify with each other. Uh, I think of uh, people in this area, and I think I grew up in uh, my earlier years. They brought me home to 53rd and El Cajon. Uh, that's where I grew up. Went to Jackson Elementary when it existed, right? Uh, that's part of my background. You bring me here and I say, Mission Cafe is over there and the Chicken Pie Shop is over there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Right? Okay. So with that, uh, there is a sense of, of that connectedness. We have these experiences. My dad ran away from home when he was 15 because by a number of descriptions, his stepmother rode a broom. <clears throat> and, and so he left home and went and joined the tuna fleet. He was a tuna fisherman. He graduated from San Diego High to win a bet. Uh, his brother bet him, You'll be, you can't finish high school, I'll bet you 50 bucks. He said, I needed the money. So I went back. So there are all kinds of ways in which in our stories we connect, right? I love baseball. Ted Williams grew up about 15 blocks over that way. I met Ted Williams on one occasion, actually two occasions. What a delight that was. So we are veterans of life. The founder of the Salvation Army, William and Catherine Booth, amazing people. I still am grateful for the ministry of the Salvation Army. And in that, the, one of the favorite verses of uh, William Booth was 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There is no trial that's taken you, no trial, no temptation you're hitting, but is common to everyone. And God's faithful. He will not put you in a position you're not able to withstand, but in each situation will make a way of release, a way forward, a way, as Dr. King used to say, where there doesn't seem to be a way. He will make a way forward from that place. One of the songs that we sang, and I say this often, sometimes I look at situations and I say, this is dirt, but God says, it's soil. You know what I'm saying? That this looks like dirt to me. This doesn't look promising at all. This is stuff. God says, I want to grow something good out of this. I want to transform this. First of all, you can see it differently, and uh, others will be blessed as well. It's down in the Imperial Valley uh, a couple weekends ago. I get one weekend a month, one Sunday a month off from the church I serve uh, to go accept other invitations, and what an honor this is. Down in the Imperial Valley, Christ Community Church, one of my Bethel Seminary graduates, uh, down there, Pastor Walter, 
That church began 20 years ago, and it reminds me in part, being here this morning, uh, and all of us are in different places, that church began in El Centro as a rehab. This man was addicted to heroin. Pastor Walter, by God's grace and with his decision to say, yes, I want to be healed. I'm not just going to tell an interesting story to everybody. I want to be healed. And then my story has meaning that has this upswing, this life, this redemption. It began 20 years ago down there, Christ Community Church, and people in recovery, and as they were set free from addiction, as they said, I want to be healed, Lord, give me the power, and the power was there, and the helping hand was there, people then were straight, they were clean, they were ready to go, and they said, you know what, we don't want to leave this. We like the fellowship here, let's start a church. And so they did. And that church now has campuses in El Centro and in Brawley and in Calexico. They're in English and Spanish. They got ties to the radio system down there where God's word goes out. I just praise the Lord. I was down there two weeks ago and uh, lapsed into Spanish once in a while and uh, had some fun with that. But, you know, God is doing a redemption, turning dirt into soil. Uh, we are all veterans in this room. Does people ever say Amen. Actually, a couple people said amen when I said I was going to close on time. You got an amen. Thank you. All right. So in any case, with that in mind, one of the compelling things, as you see in your notes here, one of the compelling things is, as we remember this holy season, as we think of Jesus, who, as it says, was tempted, a little, uh, little passage in Hebrews 4, he was tried in every which way as we are, and yet without sin. So whether you see him as your coach, we have an experienced coach. Whether we see him as our commander, we have a commander who knows every bit of the battlefield. Whether we see him in other ways, uh, as a champion who is able to conquer, including conquer strange spirits and old stuff, he is able. So whether we see him in one or another ways, New Testament's got a lot of different titles for Jesus. You ever see that? Wonderful counselor is not bad. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I love that. Peace isn't just the absence of hassles. It's the presence of Jesus right in the middle of that situation. Hmm? That's my screensaver. So, so with that then, we find we have this one who is experienced as a champion, a coach, a commander who loves and understands us. He was full of grace and truth, John 1.14, not full of something else. You can fill in the blank. And I just, I just say, thank you, Lord. Let's remember why he came. That's what Advent is about. Why did Jesus come? And we can kind of ramble. I'll speak personally. I can kind of ramble and say, well, he came for this, or he's a little more of this, and that can be true. What you have here is a list. I hope this will be helpful as you move, as we move from Veterans Day into Thanksgiving and on into Advent. Why did Jesus come? These are in his own words. I'm just going to read through this. I can't add to the Word of God this morning in any extensive way. I don't need to. Why did Jesus come? Number one, Jesus said, I came because the Father sent me. That's simple enough, isn't it? Let me ask you a simple question. Does the Lord ever send you into situations these days? Well, you're walking in Jesus' steps. I came because the Father sent me. There's an old song. I'm sorry, I'm a thousand years old. Look at the Gandalf beard up here, right? 
Uh, every many Christmases, I've done played Saint Nicholas for a local church. You know, they dress me up and they go. Kids go, dude. You know, and there we are, and there I it looks like Saint Nicholas. Uh, there's an old song called "You Send Me," right? Probably none of us in this room are old enough to remember that song. But uh, that sense of being sent. It says Jesus came, as he declared it here, on mission, John chapter 8, because the Father sent me. So let's not be startled if the Lord sends us into situations where we can make a positive difference. We don't need to be scared of the noises or things that bump in the dark. We can be understanding that the Lord sent us, therefore, he's who began this good work will continue it right on through. He'll give us exactly what we need. The Father sent me. Jesus said also, track with me if you would, I have come, he said in John chapter 12, to be a light unto the world. Now sometimes that means that we can be in a situation full of danger, full of threats, full of all kinds of stuff that can get us going. But we are come into that situation to be a light, to be enlightening, to bring the word of God, to bring a word of hope, a word of truth into that situation. Come to be a light in the world. Let me say one other thing, if I may. Pardon me if I play off of what I think is the mission of this church. When I was, uh, was out, my wife Linda and I, she sends her greetings. She's over at our home church right now. This is business meeting day. They need to take care of some good stuff over there. But she's a great lady. I met her in high school, and I still think she's fine. So with that, right, she sends her greetings this morning. Uh, but in the midst of all that, I look at this light into the world. I think of us raising kids. I love seeing the kids this morning. you got that cute little one over there. You folks are blessed, right? I mean that. This isn't just clergy speak, right? This isn't just religious air freshener. But I just, I just love that, and uh, bless you. And this whole gang of little ones, Lord, please. We're going to pause. They're not just an illustration, right? Lord, please bless all these little ones that are in circulation down there. They're moving, and they're grooving, and their eyes are open, and then they bump, and then they laugh, and then we may do a few other things, but Lord, may you just bless them, Jesus, as you love those little children in the ways that your word tells us. And uh, Lord, those who are their helpers, may they be specially strengthened and wise in their care as well, to your glory, and because you love the family. Amen. Yeah. It's not just an illustration, right? These are real people. So, you know, thank you for letting me pause there. You know, as we were raising kids out in Boston area, and we found that, that uh, they'd play out and around and about, and we'd just leave the front porch light on. Hmm? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just leave the front porch light on. We, the kids would come home. And I think about when Jesus said, I came to be a light into the world, I think about the one who lives the porch light on for me. Whatever my situation's been, the Lord says, come on home. Come on back, be with me. Been out and around, get a little rest. That's not chickening out, that's wisdom. Get a little rest, get a little nourishment, catch your breath, all right? Read through this list. Jesus said, the Father sent me. I came to be a light to the world. Jesus said, I came to give life in all its fullness. That's an act of love. God so loved the world that he gave, John 3, 16, to give life in its fullness. And that means we aren't just uh, helping everybody be a specialist. It means that we are helping people, yeah, follow their interests. But we embrace people from all sorts of different situations and life stories. 
So sometimes, as I tell people, can I use an analogy? My, my life, I told somebody this the other day, I don't live my life with an automatic transmission. In other words, when I'm in a situation, I don't just show up and say, this is me, take it or leave it. Right? I say, Lord, what gear do I need to be in? You know, what gear do I need to be in to connect? Right? Do I need to be in high gear, low gear, overdrive? Uh, I used to drive trucks for a construction company back when. And in that, at one point, I never drove one of these. It was too deep for me. But Kenworth Trucks had a 20-speed transmission. 20 speeds. Five speeds on the main, four speeds on the auxiliary. I drove a Road Ranger, five on the main, two on the Road Ranger. All, you're, you're nodding. You drive trucks? You've driven one. Okay, so you know what I'm talking about. That's how I want my life to be. I want a lot of different speeds. Hmm? They'll all be true. They'll all be authentic. But I can talk to little kids. I'm going to speak, pray for me, I'm going to speak at the American Academy of Religion uh, at the annual conference coming up uh, <clears throat> the last uh, Monday of this month. And it's on a, on a it's document from the 1400s that a Christian writer named Jean Gerson wrote, Valuing Children. You like human rights? He is one of the originators of the natural human rights movement. Strong Christian guy. I'm speaking at a conference. Pray for me, now and in the hour of my death. Okay? So in any case, we want to be able to shift gears. And Jesus was able to do that authentically, <clears throat> to give life in its fullness, to fulfill the law. God keeps his promises. To call sinners and seek the lost. We, each one of us, as veterans, are recovering sinners in this room. Are we not? We're not bragging. We're not complaining. That's just who we are. That's why this ground, as many could say, and Pastor Matt has said to me before, the, this is level ground before the table. This is recovering sinners saying, I have decided to follow Jesus in a fresh way. I really want this fact that you love me, as I say to the kids when I teach vacation Bible school and stuff, Jesus loves us this much. Right? That's the cross. So with that, to call sinners and to seek the lost. That's our vocation. That's our calling. Jesus came, I came to serve and to be a ransom for many. Sometimes I have to pay a price to be the kind of person I ought to be or that God calls me to be. Jesus came and gave his life for us. That's what this morning is about. He also said, I came to bring a sword. That sounds a little ferocious. Well, is it? Well, it can be. Let me give you two very simple meanings that I carry through life. When Jesus said, I didn't just come to kind of, you know, make everything work. I came to bring a sword. Number one is that in our lives, at least in my life, I'll personalize it. My struggle, as the Bible says, is not just against flesh and blood. It's against spiritual powers. So God has equipped me to do spiritual warfare. God has equipped me. God has equipped us. He draws us, and sometimes... It's not my usual gift, but I have been there and laying hands on people and seeing them delivered from strange spirits, right? I believe our God is strong enough to do that. Do I do that every 20 minutes? No. God calls me to other kinds of things too. But our God is able to call us into all kinds of situations. In that situation, we find ourselves in the Lord is there. I came to bring a sword. I can do spiritual warfare. I can dive deeper, swim farther, and come up wetter than any enemy that you've got. So just count on me. And that means the warfare, the battle belongs to the Lord. But let me throw another one too. When God comes into our lives, there is something about a sword, if you read the history of ancient medicine, where they use swords to do surgery. 
They didn't have a bunch of fine little tools like they put out on ER or something like that or other TV shows, right? They would do surgery to try and help take cancer out that was killing people. And they had to do it with often the same kinds of instruments that were used on a battlefield. So with that, let's remember that when God kind of cuts into my life, I'll personalize that he's doing it not to kill me, he's trying to get the cancer out. Hmm? Does that make sense? He is doing surgery. So he came to bring a sword not only means he is up for spiritual warfare, but also it means that he is able to do soul surgery on my life. So it doesn't take my life. So I can be full of the goodness that he gives. He came to bring a sword. He came to destroy the devil's works, 1 John chapter 3, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Has God blessed any of us in this room in 2019? Have you seen a blessing or two? Or three or six or something? Amen. Right? A couple of you didn't raise your hand. You're scaring me. Uh, We'll pray for you after the service if you need that. All right? So with that... The favorable year of the Lord. If the Lord doesn't come in the meantime, and he could, right? I'd love it if the Lord came later today, right in the middle of this service, both because I love him and I'm a little tired. But with that, if he doesn't come till 2020 and he gives us 2020 vision, hmm, isn't that fun, right? He gives us 2020 vision. When we come to that, then that'll be the acceptable, the privileged, the blessed year of the Lord. We can look forward to that. In looking at why he came, please take this with you and look back at it and say, Lord, thank you for coming for me, for us, for this needy world, for these reasons. And now that's the key to my job description. Because as you've done this and the rest of it, why are we here? We're here to walk in imitation of him. We're here to follow the leader. We're here to say, Boy, I want to do as you do. Lord, I want to grow up. I pray oftentimes, Jesus, I want to grow up to be like you. That's what I want, to be an imitator of you. These these explanations our Lord gives are a key to understanding why we're here. And the Lord will fine-tune that, just like in Jesus' life, some of these stood out more in one season than another. Some of these came forward in one way more profoundly than than something else, it'll be that way with us. There are seasons to life. We're veterans, right? We got some campaigns ahead. But the Lord is great as our commander, as our coach, uh, as our hero. And so with that in mind, we ask the question this morning as we draw toward a close and keep a promise, amen? All right, thank you. What are some best next steps? I go to the close here. Hearing good news of great joy. Yeah, that sounds like Advent. But it's here for us veterans as well, and we move toward Thanksgiving. We grow as a people of faith and hope and love, and we follow, 1 Peter 2, in his steps. And we are offered literally this morning, for sure, a place at the table with these elements. But you know that word, the place at the table, has another meaning too. It means that we, when we offer a place at the table, we offer someone a voice. We say, what you're being here is important. This is significant. And in that, then, we offer this to one another. And remembering his sacrifice, remembering his sacrifice, our deep feelings are not just a monologue where I'm talking to myself. Oh, how do I feel about this? Or what's my opinion? That's my favorite thing. It turns in, as my teacher, you mentioned him, Henry Nouwen would say, 
Catholic spiritual writer, I turn my monologue into a dialogue with the Lord. That's a basic movement of prayer. I don't have to feel spiritual to pray. I just have to have something going on in my mind. And I say, I want to turn this monologue. How do you think of this, Jim? Well, I don't know. How do you feel? Can you say it differently? Yes, I can say it differently. Terrific. You know, forget the the monologue's a fine starting point, but turn it into a dialogue with God. That's prayer. And prayer changes things. And it changes us. So remembering that, deep feelings become prayers, dirt becomes soil, and self-centered days, step by step, become a higher mission of loving and serving God and our neighbor. we got a great calling. I'm so glad to be here genuinely this morning, not only because of Matt, but certainly because of Matt, but because I, uh, I'm just grateful for the opportunity we have uh, to articulate why Jesus came, to be reminded, therefore, why we're here, and to say, Lord, fine-tune this for me. Focus it in for me. Show me where I need to be centering today. Uh, All of us are recovering sinners as we come toward this table. And in that, then, we have a fresh opportunity, as we confessed earlier in this day, to say, Lord, if there's anything between us, if there's any obstacle I've put up there, Lord, forgive me. Lord, cleanse me. Lord, prepare me. Thank you for your wonderful grace, whether we call grace unearned favor or beauty in motion. It's grace, and we have that great opportunity. One last thing, uh, as I'm at 1041 here, thank you, and it's this. On my dad's side of the family, one reason I don't drink is because we're nicely stocked with alcoholics on that side of the family. We're not lacking for people who knew how to drink a little, anything, right? So with that, there's that issue of, of, of power, of recovery, And uh, what I want to do is say that as we, each in our own way, these veterans' lives that we have, share the story, find strength in the Lord, sometimes we step in it. Sometimes we mess up. Sometimes we do go wide of the goalpost. We come back to the Lord. I want to say very simply to all of us this morning and to myself, When that happens, we're not back to square one. Can I say that again? We're not back to square one. We don't say, well, all the growth I had was an illusion. None of that really happened. I'm just a piece of whatever. Oh, shoot, there's that old habit. We're not back to square one, okay? All is not lost. We're back to basics. That makes sense this morning? We're back to the basics. And so in that, I learned this in sports. I learned it from God's Word. If I'm still trying to get it right, if I, if I mess it up at some point, if I, you know, I'm not, everything's not lost. But I'm back to basics. If I'm doing parenting and I thought, boy, I could have done this better, Lord. I can tell you stories afterwards if you'd like. I'm not back to square one. It's not like everything I did was just a mess up. But I am back to basics. What does it mean to be a child of God? What does it mean to be a parent? What does it mean to live in this place or on that spot? What does it mean to have these gifts and these limitations? What does it mean? So with that, we're back to basics. Why did Jesus come? That's an awesome word for us. On Veterans Day and Thanksgiving, 
as we move on to Advent and we declare Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? And thanks be to God. Lord, thank you for this. As we continue to move toward your table, you've set the table for us. We have a place at the table. We have a voice, and our voice calls out to one another, but mostly to you. And so we lift it up, and as pastor comes and uh, helps preside at this table, Lord, help us taste and see that you're good. Any starting point is a great starting point as we point the arrow of life toward you. Glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen.